everyone to the care celebration episode two or episode three if you watch um the spanish version Spanish version (laughs) yes so tonight i am super excited to have beltran horisberg who is an activist and a model from argentina and they are fighting for some things that are very remarkable that that uh, is it okay to use he and him pronouns? Yeah, I use both pronouns from female and masculine and female pronouns. Pronouns, okay. So, Beltran is, thank you for uh, clarifying that. Beltran is fighting for some really interesting things that he's going to be telling us about later. And he's had, he has had a wonderful life and a life of struggling too, but also a lot of uplifting moments and a lot of thriving. Exactly. (laughs) So I am so excited to present to you and the care celebration uh, to Beltran Hordesberg. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) For those of you who don't know, the care celebration is a baby podcast that is um, very new. And last month we had rain dove who is also an uh, LGBTQ advocate and also a non-gender model. And over here, we talk about food. We talk about uplifting moments. We talk about life struggles. We talk about activism and a number of things. But um, we also want to hear your voice and we want to hear your questions. So if you want to jump in by the almost the end of this, feel free to send your questions through the chat box and we'll be happy to hear you. So Viltran, please allow us to hear about yourself. Can you introduce well, yourself, everybody. please? <laughs> yeah, thank you. Um, hi, Adania. Hello, everybody. My name is Beltran, and I'm a plus size model from Argentina. I'm 29 years old, and I've been doing this for around four years now. But I also accompanied my my modeling profession with with activism. Um, a lot of people call it body positive activism. Here in Argentina, we have a much more um punk approach and we call it fat activism um m- most of us we like to address those words that are usually used for insulting people like calling the calling people fat for their body and pointing out people body sizes so we are really focused on trying to change that and to appropriate that word and to use it um, to name our activism. Thank you. I think what you're doing is amazing. I am so curious. I mean, myself being a plus size model here in Canada too, and knowing how tough the market is (laughs) in, especially in Latin America, like I I mean, I I don't think that the, the market for plus size models is especially only defined by the word tough, but tough is a really good description. But uh, we have to cope with uh, a lot of difficulties that are um, really 
specific from Latin American culture and the way that Latin America sees and, and watches and vigilates other people's yeah. bodies and especially female bodies and, and people that identifies themselves as, as female are much uh, more under the, the glass um, of, of, uh, of sizeism and discrimination. Absolutely. How in the world did you become a model? <laughs> I was um, collaborating with some LGBTQ entrepreneur brands of uh, clothing and accessories here. I was firstly an LGBT activist uh, coming from the world of sports activism, and especially rugby. And some of these um, brands and brand owners were interested in portraying and representing other type of types of bodies. And I have to be honest, honest here that um, some of them were interested in also trying to, to, to show and to use the, um, the erotic side of, of a rugby player being gay <laughs> for right. their brands, some brands of uh, underwear and stuff. So that was my, my Kickstarter. But when I realized that there were many um, specific skills that you have to, to have to be a model and that the market was uh, being mean for, for with people with my body type trying to model, I decided that the best way to to vanquish that was to start um, gaining those skills and getting myself better as a professional model. So then in that moment, I decided to study in a small plus size modeling academy here in Buenos Aires. And that was like three, three years, almost four years ago. That's wonderful. I am surprised that there's an actual plus size academy in Buenos Aires. That is wonderful. It's mainly focused and mainly, um, I mean, the, the, the most of the, of the students that approach the, the academy are females or people that even identify themselves as female. So that's, um, that's a really good, Um, how do you say a really good description of how is the market uh, here? I mean, there is much work and there are many brands, entrepreneur brands and small, but either, um, either way, it, there are uh, clothing brands for females, but the market of plus size male models is really tiny, almost yeah. non-existent. Right. And do you think that Argentina is ready for a change when it comes to plus size modeling and, and seeing <laughs> bodies that are more natural and more common yeah. advertisement? Yeah, I mean, um, I think that Argentina, luckily, I, was, I, I grew up in a, in a country that was all the time ready for change. I mean... The, 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 the different waves and, and, and branches of different kinds of activism here, uh, really 
grow up really fast you know um people like to organize themselves politically around some causes so um, luckily there are many people interested in uh, in addressing that problem of the lack of representation of other bodies in the in the fashion industry but uh, on the other side there are um, really small companies uh, committing yeah. themselves to to do that change i mean the the bigger brands here are really not only uh, not interested not showing interest in portraying other type of bodies but also they are um against it and you can tell by the the efforts and the strategic decisions that they take on their sizes for example they uh, get sizes smaller every every year their their size chart gets smaller every year right. so the activism here was uh fighting for a, a a size chart law for the fashion industry and the law was was passed but um, nice. the government hasn't taken the actions to 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 apply the law we are waiting for that yeah and how does that empalm with your fat activism fativism <laughs> i can call I mean, it i think that I cannot separate those two sides of myself. Of course, that when I'm in a in a photo shoot, I'm not uh, talking about uh, Charlotte Cooper. <laughs> right. I, I do my work, but I think that as as uh, bodies that are um, that are attached to this kind of uh, of discrimination, these kinds of um, of segregation every every action we take to break those boundaries uh, it's a political act so modeling for me has that kind of uh, a political point of view and approach but yeah I, I think I cannot separate those those two um, those two characters of my my social and my political life thank you how do you see the current beauty standards and gender uh, <laughs> standards? Um, they are doing the work that wasn't done one when the the gender ident identifier in the um, in, the, in the, in the IDs law was approved ten almost ten years ago. Argentina has like um, a, a really long trans activism tradition, but the conquers were kind of getting slower and slower uh, after the, the the law that um, that allowed people to change their gender identifier in the in the IDs. So um, the cultural change hasn't come yet. I mean, people are not um, really questioning themselves on how much are they um, adding, and they are—I um, forgot the word—they um, are like 
helping these beauty standards to be demolished, you know? The, the people are not questioning how much they can do to stop um, right. stop this tradition of beauty standards. So I see that there is a lot of work to be done and there are many people with good intentions. It's like when, yeah. we, when we talk about toxic masculinity, there are a lot of people with good intentions, but not much of them are um, are for uh, questioning all the things that you have to question yourself to to destroy toxic masculinity or beauty standards. There is a commitment that is needed, and the good people, the people with good intentions, and that that the people that is politically aligned with the idea of breaking beauty standards are not doing like the committed work of um, not pointing out uh, body differences on other people and uh, trying to separate that idea of health and fat people. Um, those That work needs to be done for the Absolutely. To, to to change. What is one thing that as a regular person we could do to help that change? Um, Just one thing. I think that the, the most uh, interesting um, exercise, of course, that the obvious one is to listen. I mean, to to be empathy, to ha to have empathy on, on people with other body sizes and listen. But that is that is like the obvious one, and I like to recommend people to take the time to reflect every time they want to to point out uh, a, the difference or a change or an aspect of other people's bodies you know when you are when that thought comes up i recommend people to take 10 seconds to think what did um, make that uh, that thought to come up you know what absolutely on your mind that you wanted to uh, say your opinion on how adele uh, lost weight on how Will Smith gained weight on how my neighbor is getting smaller or bigger or, I don't know, the other people's bodies. Uh, comments Absolutely. and thoughts needs to be reflected. You, you have to take 10 seconds and think what of this society structure is making you think that you have the power to, to say your opinion publicly on other people's bodies. Absolutely. You're absolutely right. I think if we had that moment of mindfulness, we wouldn't be saying stupid stuff. <laughs> Just as easy as that. Especially in the comment section on social media. Those that that part, like that <laughs> that platform yeah. is my main enemy. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Um how is it like to be an LGBTQ and fat person in Argentina. It's it's really interesting what you're saying because um, this is a really personal thought. I, I cannot uh, prove it, <laughs> but I think that many of uh, bigger guys, many of gay bigger guys, um, refugeed themselves in the bear community and mm -hmm. were kind of comfortable there 
were kind of uh, building a safe space maybe um they weren't they weren't aware that were they were um, collaborating with um with this uh idea of gay community uh, sustaining some beauty standards of thin people and fit people and stuff you know when you group your you and the, the people like you in some space and you don't try to break the barriers that made you build that safe space you're kind of just you know hiding in the bunker and you have to go and have the conversation and if the people and if the people doesn't want to have the conversation do your activism for the people to have the conversation because their community was founded around the 70s the 80s i mean that was almost four 40 50 years ago we right. have to have the conversation of breaking thinfulness i, I don't know I, I don't know how you say it like thin <laughs> the, the idea of thin people um uh, supremacy that the thin of supremacy in in the yes. community i cannot address for the whole lgbt community because there are really diverse points of views but for the community that i was growing up to to become a, a gay uh, gender fluid male maybe <laughs> um made me realize that the activism wasn't there you know some people were fighting for LGBT rights, but they weren't fighting inside their community to break um, weight stigma, to break sizeism, to break uh, beauty standards within gay community. That's amazing. I, I'm just thinking how our Latin American culture is really embedded with the idea of sizeism and how it intertwines with the same outcast system that fat people between fat people and LGBTQ members, you know, like we are outcasts, we are yeah. outcasted and we are not well received in our in a lot of Latin American countries. So it's really hard to live a decent life. Sometimes I know, I know people who were, um who were gay and they feared for their lives at some point or they yeah. feared they were going to get punched or they feared they were going to be um harassed by straight guys mm -hmm. uh you know because they were gay so yeah, some like wider people and 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 wider gay guys were feeling that like if they were um getting shelter in the gay community they were feeling they were going to be feeling safe but many of us realized that there aren't many um, um body diverse positive people you know people that are for body diversity uh, within the community or it happens the same that i was telling you a few minutes ago there are people with good intentions, but there are not people that are willing to make the job, to make the work that you have to do to break those standards. Yes. We have a question. 
by Martin Padilla. For thin people, part of the bear community, it's super difficult to hear comments from other gays. I'm not sure. Well, that's I'm, I'm, not. I'm not sure. Yeah, I'm not sure that I understand. The, um, is it a question or? Um, yeah, Martin, can question? you? Is if it you, is it just a comment? If you can clarify that, um, please. But but yeah, um, I mean, I I think that we have to have the conversation addressing bigger social problems. You know sizeism and phobia and, and and weight stigma is around us in the whole society and like you said latin america has a special landscape for that kind of discrimination i think that that is mainly because of our catholic heritage and uh, that um english-speaking countries especially the u.s was um i don't know how um the, the the religion is not Catholic, is um Protestant. Protestant, sorry. Um and the and the the the, 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 the Protestant reform made people um feeling that they had to be productive. So many women went out of the house to be productive and they got inside some work markets. But in Latin America the idea of the housewife is really, really strong. It's, it's still really strong. So the idea of that kind of patriarchy that the woman it it's, uh, it exists to serve the male gaze, the male way of thinking, the male desires um, makes um, even tougher for Latin American women to women to to be able to have another kind of body. I mean, you have to 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 uh, accomplish the desire of a thin and, and a perfect wife uh, and yes. a perfect woman. And I think that the way stigma falls really even much, even and in an even tougher way for female bodies. That you know, absolutely, you, have, you, you can find ugly or uh, ugly. I mean, in beauty standards. Um, you can find ugly and fat guys in positions of power in media in 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 journalism in in the image based industries but you won't find that amount of female of female bodies that are um ugly according to the 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 beauty standards or fat or i don't know not wearing makeup in in a in a news uh, program in in the tv in 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 comedy even and if you find a fat woman in comedy she's probably making jokes about them being about fat yeah. <laughs> yep Genaro is saying uh you can also be discriminated in the bear community for if you don't have the bear type body yeah, yeah, yeah i so. think that that is one of the problems that uh getting yourself involved in a really close bunker community uh, can get you in. But still, if you see, like, if you take uh, steps away from that problem and you see the whole picture, uh, that that uh, specific problem of sizeism, it's still sizeism if you discriminate other people by not being uh, enough 
uh, fat enough. Um, that problem of sizeism directed to thin guys is like 1.5% of the real problem that is the fat phobia of the society, you know? Um, yes. And, and, and if bear community has discrimination standards, I mean, that is still the problem of not addressing political issues. You know, if you are worrying about um, performing a burial male and masculine um, uh, gender expression, you are not doing, using that time to reflect on what parts of the of the social issues you are not uh, doing anything to change. I mean, uh, I, I, that I have this conversation with many guys in bear community. I mean, so many bears are like so obsessed with uh, performing that masculine idea and obsessed with uh, body fat and with body hair and stuff. And mm -hmm. when you are not uh, addressing other problems, when you are just worried about forming your community with your idea of perfect, desirable bodies, you are not seeing like the whole picture that the society is discriminating you. When you go to a doctor's office, they will probably uh, try to diagnose everything that you are having towards your weight. And when you mm -hmm. want to sit yes. in a waiters in the, in the in the waiting lounge of the doctor's office or of an airport, an airport, your body probably won't fit those chairs. Your body probably won't fit the bus chairs, the air the airplane chairs. Airplane. And yeah, you probably won't yes. find clothes for your size. So that is a, a really huge um, physical issue. If you can identify how people discriminate somebody's by physical barriers, that means that a, a whole portion of the society is being left out and nobody's doing anything to change it. Absolutely. You're absolutely right. And Genaro saying something really true. We should unite and support each other and be inclusive. Absolutely. Now, I, I am very curious. How did you reach this level? What happened in your life that <laughs> made you so aware of things? I'm curious. <laughs> I want to pick your brain, really. Um, I discovered a really interesting intellectual pleasure in politicizing, in, in finding the the politic problems behind some issues that you are brought up to think that they are just consequences or casualties of society. So I found that uh, I, I found out that uh, I was um, really intellectually interested in finding that. Um, you know, the strings of the puppeteer behind those problems. Um, yeah. I, I had the luck and the fortune of finding many really, really interesting people and activists that gave me um, the insight that I needed, that uh, um, brought, brought to me, they, they gave me uh, access to, to books, to texts, to some other activists, social media people that were addressing those issues. So that made me really, yeah, mindful, like it filled my mind. <laughs> so yes. That is like the, the reason why I politize all this stuff. 
That is wonderful. You're speaking a very, something really true. You need to have good mentors in your life. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and much of uh, many of the stuff that I, I was telling you in this, uh, in this interview, uh, were actually words of people that came before me. And I, I, I cannot, um, quote everything that I say because my train of thought is built on those um those uh foundations you know on those yes. people's idea that took the philosoph philosophic work of of thinking what was behind the uh fatphobia what was behind behind the weight stigma in medical industry and and so on yes what is the hardest thing you have overcome in your life <laughs> I haven't uh, vanquished my own fat phobia yet, like the way I see my own body, uh, but I have my up and my up and downs, you know. Uh, I have I have been having <laughs> many days of um, of accepting if if that even exists, <laughs> uh, yeah. accepting um, my my body in a in a healthy way. But I have uh, some days, I, I, I mean, for example, next week I have to model for a really big uh, underwear company that they portrayed for 15 years, fit and six pack bodies wearing the, the underwear. And they decided to, to incorporate me to their model, um, roster. The, yeah, to their model poster, poster. And I have modeled for them once and the day that the three or four days before that photo shoot, I was having the most, the, the worst days with my body image. And I feel that I have done an improvement because this uh, photo shoot is on Monday and I'm not worrying the way that I was worrying in that moment. This is the second, uh, the second time that I'm working for them. But still, the hardest thing is to address your own fat phobia, the way that you see your body and that you think that your body uh, uh, is able or or well or, I don't know, correct, healthy, if you are thin or fat. Yes. You know, I sometimes catch myself thinking, oh, I'm so fat. Or, you know, sometimes I'm like, oh, yeah. I don't look good yeah, I, because I, I, I think look that bad. We don't have to run away from that thought. We have to, yeah. to incorporate it. You know, you have to to go with it. You have to allow yourself to, to feel that way, to feel insecure. You don't have to be perfect. I mean, there is a lot of people that expect from us activists that we have a perfect mindfulness about our body and we don't have any um, mistakes on our the way that we address our bodies Thanks. or other people's mm -hmm. bodies but we are humans so we are human beings and we have to be we have the right to not feeling well about ourselves for some time and reflect on it and have the the opportunity to to doing the, the small work, you know, not everything in activism is, is yelling and screaming at rallies with big uh, posters. Some of the mm -hmm. work is, is come from inside. 
Definitely. And that's what this podcast is about, is to bring people into the realization that we are more than we think we are. We are more than our looks. We are more than our emotions and that we can be uplifted by wonderful activists such as yourself. And Genaro is saying, um, I know it's difficult, but you are not what other people think you should look like. I think that was a beautiful comment. What? I, I'm trying to find that comment. Uh, Genaro said, I know it's, diffi it's difficult, but you are not what other people think you should look like. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. Very well said. Yeah. And that is all, that's a conquer, you know? That shouldn't be a small conquer for you. Existing is a struggle. So if yes. you are able to deal with that struggle, you are conquering. You are conquering uh, the, what you think that it's a small portion of the world, but it's your portion, and you have to, you know, reclaiming your space. Like, yes, <laughs> like the mean the, the mean girl said, like yes. you have to reclaim your space, and that is a really big conquer. Yes, absolutely, and not be scared of taking space. You know, because sometimes we are so, so we've been raised to be scared of who we are and be afraid of taking the space that we, that we are able to, because we feel so bad about ourselves, about our looks, about what we can or not accomplish in this world that asks for so many things in order to be successful. So sometimes taking space can be rather hard and just existing in this space can be rather hard. But yeah. like you said, we have to accept it and create that space for, for ourselves. Absolutely. When do you feel the happiest? Um, when I'm dancing. But like really <laughs> dancing, you know, <laughs> not doing this. <laughs> I really miss, I really miss um, nightclubs and, and nightlife. Uh, before the pandemics, I really enjoy myself. Um, the, 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 um, the dance, the, the idea of dancing, not only in nightclubs, I mean, when I dance, like performing or, um, or when I'm on stage or when I dance for other people, um, I really feel like the, the best of me uh, is coming out and it's just, fluently coming out you know uh, that you don't I, I don't have to think uh, everything like when I for example uh, on, a, on a speaking engagement I have to think what I have to say but when I dancing I'm I just go with the flow and I really feel the happiest person on earth <laughs> what do you think are the qualities a person should have in order to be happy or become happier Wow, <laughs> that's a tough one. Um, I don't think I have like the key for happiness, but what works for me is um, allowing yourself have the possibility of doubting some ideas in your mind that are not are reminded you reminding you that you shouldn't feel happy. You know, when those yes. dark thoughts come up, you have to allow yourself to doubt. Because, um, I mean, what, what I always say, what I always say about medical industry, 
calling fat people a disease. Uh, it's that medical industry um, pathologized, is that well said? Uh, pathologized uh, homosexuality and they pathologize trans identities. So let me doubt them. I know, you know, that uh, you have yes. to, to be able to, to ask yourself, why am I thinking that? Uh, you know, what, what happens, that also happens when you are um, focusing or expressing desire for another person or uh, expressing the idea of not desiring other other person. You have to doubt yourself. You have to allow you to think, uh, why am I not thinking that this guy is cute? Why am I not thinking that this girl is, is nice, is good for me, is cute? Um, was that uh, an original idea of me or something that society put into my head? And many of the things that are um, making us millennials and centennials not happy are a lot of ideas that were put in our head. You know, the idea that you have to consume and buy and be all the time having money to buy your stuff on on the internet, on Amazon and stuff. And if you don't have money to give yourself those pleasures, you should feel sad or bad about yourself. But I mean, your body, it's a really, it's the most powerful weapon you have. And if your body can take you walking to the park, you know, and you can enjoy 15 minutes connecting with nature, you don't have to buy anything. And you might find uh, a small momentum of happiness there to jump and towards other uh, of thinking or and reflecting and breaking other standards that you have about yourself and your idea of personal success. I mean, we have the the idea of success so linked to the idea of happiness today. That if you're mm -hmm. not if you're not thriving and succeeding and conquering and accomplishing goals and, uh, and objectives, uh, you you sh you imagine yourself that you're miserable. But sometimes when you're not accomplishing anything, none goal, like you are not thriving, you're just stuck there. Um, you may find happiness with what you already have. I mean, think mm -hmm. yourself when you were deciding when you were uh, uh, dreaming of being the person that you are now that is an accomplishment you know that is absolutely like uh, an honest moment of happiness absolutely i love when you mentioned that you just have to let your let yourself feel the feels uh because sometimes we want to cancel some feelings and we shouldn't we should just let our feels exist within us and just let it pass. You know, that's something that mindfulness uh, teach us too. Okay. Nano is saying uh, something really nice. And he says, quote, to be happy, love yourself. Be, be the true version of yourself. Be proud of yourself and happiness with gravitate towards you. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> that is that's a absolutely really right. way of, of putting it. Um, I may, I hope I may also add to that, that you have to surround yourself with powerful people, but not powerful, like having money or power over you, but powerful people that have 
that energy that uh, you need to change your surrounding, you know? And if Absolutely. you surround yourself with people that have the power, you will have it too. And you will have uh, the commitment that takes to change society and try to change those stuff that were trying to make you feel that you're not enough. I mean, Absolutely. You, to be happy, you not only have to love yourself and be the true version of yourself and proud of yourself, but you also should connect with um, people that are up to changing the inequalities of society with you. Absolutely. Absolutely. I I can testify to this because, and here's my friend Celeste Laviani commenting about how beautiful this talk is. and. When I was down, um, I was having a lot of mental health issues and a lot of body issues um, when I was in my mid-20s. I'm 33, so I'm a little bit older than you. <laughs> But uh, I remember that the best thing that I could do for myself to, to, to change was to surround myself with people like Celeste um, that helped me change my perception of myself and of life. So they had a different outlook on life and they were my mentors and they taught me so many beautiful things that made me change. And they just filled my life with so much love for living. And they taught me so many things that it just filled my heart. Yeah, you and know, if you're and having a tough, if, if you're having a tough moment, I mean, there are many people in the world that are feeling alone right now. There are many countries in the world that are criminalizing sexual diversity right now, and many families that um, block uh, their children's sexual identity. And if you're feeling, and you are one of those, uh, those, those folks that are suffering through that and you will feel like there is no other way of uh, surrounding yourself with queer, queer people or with um, loving people that change uh, your environment. Uh, social media is such a powerful weapon when you know how to use it right. If you stop uh, following people that is just a, a magnet for followers and influencers that are thin and rich and white and they don't have anything that you could have at least in that moment um, and you start to connect with other people sharing other types of content and having other types of information and reflections on body politics on on friendship on, on mental health i mean uh, therapy made wonders for me I yes. wouldn't be here. I wouldn't be this person if I hadn't went, if I hadn't go, gone for, 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 uh, six years of, of, of therapy. Uh, that was a really long journey. But when I was economically able to do it, it changed my life. So if you are able, if you can, and if you can reach out a mental health professional, I especially recommend it because In these moments of our uncertainty, uncer uncertainty, uncertainty, uncertainty. <laughs> thank you. Um, there are many people that are um, just there, you know, waiting for you, trying to sell you a webinar on mental health, and they're just 
you know, people, they are not, they haven't gone for uh, college or studying or preparing themselves to have such a, a big responsibility that is other people's mental health. So if yes. you get caught up with those liars and those people that try to sell you stuff, just go for the, um, go sure, you know, go for for mental health specialists and, and psychologists and therapists that are the people that are meant to to give you the tools or, or I don't Absolutely. know, spiritual, spiritual guides are not bad, but the ones that are messing with mental health issues, I'm not talking about spirituality and charging you for webinars and, and, and um, master classes and stuff. Um, that people is getting rich with your weakness. So just try to surround yourself with people that are not trying to get rich with your, with your weakness. Exactly. Absolutely. Right. And just a reminder, this is the care celebration with Beltran and we are a podcast that is also available on Spotify, pocket cast, Google cast, etc. And if you want to re-listen to this, the podcast will be available in a few days. So you can just hear it from your Spotify account or wherever you want to listen. And you can go back to the wonderful truths that Viltran is sharing with us. If you want to donate, you can also do it by going to paypal.me slash Adania, A-D-A-N-I-A-R. So Adania and letter R. If you want to help donating so we can keep having this beautiful podcast about uplifting people. Thank you so much, Beltran. And I have one last question and then we'll go uh, for a round of questions if anyone in the public has some. Uh, my last question is very fun. What is your superpower? Um, my superpower is... I think it's also dancing. <laughs> I, I charge myself with such an amount of powerful and, 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 uh, word changing energy when I dance, uh, that I, I, I will, I would be lying if I said that my superpower is communication. <laughs> and, uh, I, I have a really good relationship with spoken word and i really love i mean i i enjoy uh communicating these activism ideas to people and i my main goal in life is to to communicate for a a, a much more equal world but my superpower for me is uh, is dancing i feel much more powerful when i'm dancing that than when i'm communicating great that would I would I would love to see you dance sometime. I would really enjoy it. I, I have to go back <laughs> to Canada, so if I ever go back there, I will I will let you know. Okay, and then we go clubbing. Everything's closed down here. I don't know about Argentina, but yeah, everything's closed here. Yeah. <laughs> but hopefully, we reopen. Nightclubs are are a no no. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's see. Does anyone have a question for? Beltran, you can hit the globe with a question, and I'll read your question out loud. Okay. <laughs> okay. 
but we have no questions. Well, thank you. I mean, we 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 talk a lot about yes, absolutely. <laughs> and I think that this podcast episode is um, is going to be amazing. But I have to recommend you the Spanish version for those Spanish speakers listening and watching this right now because we are recording it. Um, we have to change the date. I, I'm remembering. We have okay. to change the date of the recording. So we will be recording it sometime near now. <laughs> um, yes. Um, thank you. Thank you, Alania, for, for calling me to be here and for sharing your your questions that made um, us pop-ups such an amazing <laughs> Absolutely. And, you know, you're very welcome to come back anytime. You will be here for the Spanish version, as you said. It might be in two weeks. It might not. Stay tuned so you can check when the time is. Uh, you can follow Bertrand on their... Um, My social media handle social that I'm media. writing right now. You can just click up. You can click up where... I, I, so I wrote it the wrong way. I'm sorry. That's not me. <laughs> yeah, you can just click up there and and, and click on follow. <laughs> sorry. That's well, thank you, Dania. And have a nice night. You're kind of uh, two hours before us. We're, this It's almost 10 and in Argentina it's dinner time so I will go to have dinner and treat myself with some good and comfort food <laughs> that's amazing you'll have to tell us about it next time we chat alright sure. thank you so much Beltran and thank you everyone who joined us here we are so so grateful that you could tune in please stay tuned for the Spanish version and remember that we'll be on Spotify Pocket Cast Google Cast, etc. And thank you so much for the love. This was the Care Celebration. We salute you. Bye. Bye.